The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. What are we drinking today? We are having a cocktail called the Straw Dog. First of all, it's a very beautiful color. Yeah, it is interesting. I don't know how it'll taste, but we'll we'll go with it, right? So you take a slice of peach and muddle it, and then you add an ounce and a half of scotch, non-peated, so I used a blended... Black Label, Johnny Walker, an ounce of Blanc Vermouth, three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice, and a half an ounce of simple syrup. Okay. And then you, you know, you you shake it till it's ice cold and then double strain it, which I did. Okay. Let's have a taste. Smells good, fruity. Now they suggest you can use a strawberry or you can use a peach. We had peaches. Yeah. They said if you use a peach, it's really good with bourbon, and I imagine it would be. But I like it with the scotch, too. No, I like it. It's got a little... Zing. Zing to it, a little sourness to it. It's mm-hmm. like very high glee factor. Mm-hmm. But it's quite yummy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm not sure I would choose this drink in a bar. No, exactly. But I. But this is like one of those old school... Mm-hmm. You've heard of Straw Dog before. Well, the name, Straw Dogs, is the name of a great movie, an old movie from yeah. like the 70s that had like one of the hottest scenes in it mm-hmm. i've been trying to watch it again we oh should, really we should, we should and, try to find it try and catch it but it was pretty the way it was done was pretty cool Ooh. in that movie yeah love to see that yeah but this drink is the kind of drink that actually as you drink it you become more familiar with the flavor and the right. taste so right. it mellows the sourness out after the first sip well and I, could add, and I could add more simple syrup i don't think you need to, to it but it's i not, but i thought un- i was generous on the simple syrup it's not unpleasant at all no, and I get why bourbon would be used because bourbon will add an extra sweetness. Little to sweetness, it. Yeah. yeah. I'm always fascinated when they have Scotch mixed cocktails. Yeah. To try them, at least try them and see how they are with Scotch because it's lesser used cocktail mix in yeah. alcohol. Most people just well, drink it's Scotch. So great drink. Yeah, it's just scotch. great to drink Scotch, right? <laughs> yeah. So just to play with it to see what that flavor profile is. I think this is a place, a good place to start. I bet you could do some interesting things with the strengths with a little bit of bitters or with... I was thinking the same thing. I was like, wow, you could do a lot of things with this. Yeah, it's a nice palette. Yeah. Chapter 29. Wow. More. A lot packed. Both of these last two chapters have been packed with information. Tons of info, yeah. 
I really liked this chapter because it was Amy sitting in her own self-reflection for a minute. Yeah. With somebody who... In a safe space. In a safe space. With somebody who she trusts and admires and who loves and And admires her. She absolutely cares about Michael. Yeah. So the setup is she meets Michael for dinner. Mm Mm-hmm. And she actually gets to have dinner, which is yeah, kind of she finally gets a meal. It's <laughs> kind of a good thing. And all Michael does is sing her praises. He starts off by giving her a pile of cash, which is just his way of saying, you know, here's something for you as an acknowledgement. Yeah, and, and they she actually reflects in this chapter on that, on cash. Like right. a lot of people will assume cash is transactional in the sense of it's there's not a lot of thought yeah it's transactional and she kind of explains like someone had to think of that and had to do that yeah and and that it was interesting i I was really considering that while you were reading that because i was like yeah i mean giving a cash gift is also a, a loving thing too because you think about it you're giving someone something that they get to then have choice over they what use, they right. use it for versus right. you just assuming they need to have this another item item right <laughs> but there's something very profoundly meaningful about the way he put that for her mm-hmm. it wasn't in exchange for anything it was just a gift no that's what i'm saying it wasn't yeah. transactional like right. that's what people assume is always money is a transactional thing i'm giving you money even if it's a birthday gift yeah. and now i expect what yeah. even if it i expect you to call me and say thank you or something, i expect right? you right everyone but that wasn't it at all right. he just was thinking about her Right. And in this chapter, what Amy does is she summarizes for Michael the sum of the experiences that she's had recently around John. Mm -hmm. And she's thinking that he's going to advise her just to kind of back off and just chill out. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't. He says, you got to screw those fuckers. And she's like, he's never (laughs) swore before. So I'm going to take him seriously right now. You know. And so she begins to get the indignation that's present. Mm -hmm. And something that's really interesting in the chapter is she's so angry by the way John treated her Mm -hmm. that she writes a reporter to speak to the, or to investigate the Mm -hmm. things that she knows to give access to. And she hasn't heard back from the reporter. So she sends another Another email email with more detail. She is seething. She's really upset. And then what Michael says is, yeah, and you got to tell her more. You got to literally tell, tell her, her what you told me, what you told me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's getting the picture that she's righteous about her anger. Like her anger yes. isn't unfair. And well, this is one of the first times she's been able to tell someone who gets it. Yeah. And who's in her corner and actually um, kind of validates what she's already known. And he actually even said something to that effect. Yeah. That you are correct. Right. what you're thinking right and that you should you know obliterate him right i think the thing that she's really upset about which you know she may not have her finger on exactly is that john has tried to sabotage her john has taken action to sabotage her and well, threatened her with more yes at the last chapter the what, last I, chapter, what yeah. I think also though is we're getting her familiarity and comfortableness with how she's been living this last period of time. Right. And as her dominant self, she does what she wants, when she wants, how she wants. Right. Right. That was kind of alluded to in the chapter. And so I think what also is pissing her off is John's treating her like he always had treated her as his submissive in this relationship. Right. Uh, his go to it person. 
and she's no longer under his thumb. And so she's resenting the fact that he's treating her the same, like threatening her, you know, giving her partial truth, lying to her. Yeah. Domineering behavior, which she recognizes is not her true beingness. But I thought Michael expressed it beautifully when he talked about how she's no longer the same person. No. She really has evolved. She really has incorporated that persona of Catherine's dominance into her well-being. And he says, it's the way you look, it's the way you appear, it's the way you speak. It's always been there, though. Yes, but it's more present now. Yes, exactly. And he said, you know, it's not like Catherine is a role that you play. Like, she's part of you. Yeah. And so she has to come to terms with this context of herself as a dominant woman that extends beyond the dungeon. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so it's a pretty interesting chapter. And... Again, you know, we have this opportunity for the unfolding of what comes next to be really reflective of how she expresses her dominance in revenge. So it resonates with me as a switch because the idea is there are times when she's with these different men, depending on who she's with, yeah, that she craves the submissiveness attentions of a man, right? not the man being submissive, but her being her feminine submissive self in relationship at times. And then she wants to be dominant at times, as well as that happens in her everyday life. She Because she waffles back and forth all the time. She yeah. says, I want to just go back to being a polite life. You know, those to polite society, right. Right. And that, I think, I think that's what, I, I don't want to just put people in boxes, but I think lots of women go through this. I think sure. lots of women have this switchiness to them that is part of their expression. But what people want is them to be one thing. Right. You need to be one thing. And mostly... Society does not want women to be dominant. Right. They want women to be submissive. Right. And so women struggle with this over and over again of like identity. Like I, well, to be a good submissive, I got to be fully submissive. To be a good dominant, I got to be fully dominant. Right. I can't have a softer side. And that's why we hear sometimes, I think, dominance, uh, female dominance, even saying, because uh, we run into this a few times, like, I just need a break from it. I just right. need a break from it. And what it is, is them fighting, I think, the really two sides of them they're not manic it's not schizophrenia anything like that it's really that you're a multifaceted person Mm -hmm. and that you have the ability to express yourself in all these ways right well you can literally be sexually dominant yes and societally submissive we just talked to a couple where that's exactly the way they behave right and it's not inconceivable and you can look at amy as an example Mm -hmm. who's got a career mindset in a role where she's had to submit to the leaders that she's reporting to. I think she's been in that role. In that role. Because of the nature of that professional role requires you to be a strong, dominant female. But she's also been at the same exact moment, had to be submissive to her male counterparts in the professional career. Right. And what Michael's speaking to is how her experience in the dungeon as Catherine has enabled her to access her natural dominant self in a way that carries over into the rest of her life. And we talk to people all the time, especially these women that we've talked to in these female-led relationships where they're expressing their sexuality for the first time and they're feeling really powerful about that. It doesn't mean that she doesn't have... That's the word. I just, when you said that, that just resonated. So we keep going back to dominant and submissive, and these are like little boxes we put people in. But what it really is, is people yin-yang in their power. Yes. The expression of their power of themselves. And that can come out in 
any role you're playing. It can, you right. can be powerful sub, you can be powerful dominant, you can yeah. be powerful whatever. Yeah. But because we put people in these boxes, yeah. it becomes convoluted on, okay, it has to match the role you're in, but that's not it. No. Women are trying to express their power. Yes. And, and, and you can express feeling submissively powerful, or you might be extremely feeling extremely feminine, or right? Which whatever. doesn't mean yeah. but that doesn't equate to you being submissive or dominant no. either. So I'm kind of like struggling with the whole. I think that's why I choose the word switch a lot. Yeah, because I struggle with the words submissive or dominant because I'm not just that. Right. I'm not just that. Right. There's no way you could define me as that. And so I make choices on where I want to align myself at any given moment. And my choice is to be your submissive. And I cherish that and I relish in it. And we both create that, right? Right. And it's a full self-expression of me. And see, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about her realizing her full self-expression. And and he's trying to get her to say, don't fight it. This is your expression of yourself. It's part of you. Yeah, which I really appreciate because I think it acknowledges who she really is Mm -hmm. without having to have her assume a role of any sort. Right. She gets to be authentic. And we've heard this before from Kingsters too about the whole role thing. I think think Kingsters, because we're still under the, the guise of this obscureness in society, let's just say it's yeah. becoming more and more frontline, but but yeah. just say that. And so what happened in that time period, we created these roles and these archetypes that describe who we are or what yeah. are what we're aligned with, right? But in the end, it's just human sexuality to right. varying degrees of power and play. And at some point, eventually, way past my time on earth, it may just be sexuality and no one will have two cents on whether it's vanilla or this or queer or anything it'll just be sexuality and you happen to meet people and what it'll be is i'm hoping in the future there's a transaction of communication between one another and you find out you're aligned and then we go explore that together and but we don't put it in a box we don't say it has to be this or that or the other but i think that's an evolution that's far beyond my years probably yeah that's it for today if you're interested in kinky relationship coaching online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Cheers!